Section 3. In Italy with the 332nd Infantry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. In Italy with the 332nd Infantry by Joseph L. Letow. Chapter 2. France to Italy. Soma Campania and Verona. There were about thirty motor trucks and two touring cars fastened on flat cars, and these trucks filled with canvas tents looked more inviting to us than the notorious box cars marked forty ohms et chevrons. This journey, which was to occupy three days and two nights, was remarkable for its changing scenes and climates. Leaving Foulon about 3 p.m., July 25th, we proceeded in a southeastern direction, reaching Gray about twilight. Drawing forth our canned willy, crackers, tomatoes, etc., we had dinner. Upon completing this luxurious repast, we pulled a canvas tarpaulin over us and put our bedroom in shape. The evening air was growing colder as we approached the mountains, but we slept comfortably even though we had allowed ourselves the luxury of removing shoes and puttees. While we had taken care of ourselves in this manner, the boys in the boxcars were anything but comfortable. The French boxcar is not the large one we see on American railroads, and it was only by taking turns at lying down that anyone got any sleep. We awoke early and found ourselves in the scenic foothills of the Alps. Little villages snuggled up on the mountainsides, the stone roofs sparkling in the sunshine like those of a fairy city. There was, as usual, the towering church in each village round which the houses clustered like little chicks under the mother hen's wings. Here and there, as we journeyed on, we saw wonderfully constructed castles set on high peaks commanding the countryside. One glance at their evident strength, together with the thought that firearms were unknown in the old days, and one ceased to wonder how the barons ruled the country in feudal days. Not only were the castles strongly built, they were beautiful as well, and the eye loved to dwell on them as long as they were in sight. Many mountains are absolutely barren. They seem to be exhausted with the age-long battle with the elements. When Napoleon marched through these valleys, they were old. When Hannibal led his conquering Carthaginians, they were old, and the years since have added nothing but more scars and fissures to their sides. A few miles of these barren hills were quite depressing, and we were glad when they had been left behind, and mountains, green from top to bottom, took their places. Many of the peaks were snow-capped, though the days were quite mild. The next large city we passed through was Aix-les-Bains. We had no time to try the famous waters, for the train starter, with his little fish-horn, soon sent us on our way. Shortly after, we passed through Chambéry, and when we woke on the morning of the 27th, we were on the way to Montmélion. This town was of especial importance to us, because here in the mountains, the English had established a washing station. Our train stopped, and everyone got off and enjoyed a wash or a shave. Hot coffee was furnished, and we had our noonday meal. 
with our toilet and meal completed we proceeded journeying on past saint julian and saint michel past the lovely waterfall at la praz and finally reached modane the last french town about nine p m we remained here more than an hour the red cross representatives distributed bars of chocolate and hot coffee with rum all of which was thankfully received on this cold night about ten thirty p m an electric engine was attached to our train and we were whizzed through a very long tunnel upon reaching the other end we were in italy the inhabitants of the little town at which we stopped were most enthusiastic in their welcome although it was near midnight a band played the star-spangled banner italian troops saluted and the people gave us chocolate little flags cigarettes and sandwiches we wondered that italy had such an abundance of these articles since france was barren an italian general caused much laughter when he approached the boys torch in hand to inspect the americans the italians have a way of waving the hand in greeting that furnished much amusement the arm is held up palm of the hand inward and the hand is rapidly opened and closed shouts of viva l'americani accompanied each move of the fingers the boys were quick to reply and answering shouts of viva l'italia came from them later in the night we entered turin and here again were delightfully received we ourselves could not realize what our presence meant to these people in the early morning we passed beautiful lake como and some time later caught a glimpse of milan the outline of her venerable cathedral standing out from the lower buildings of the city our train section did not enter milan but another section stopped there and the boys marched through the city amid great applause one could not journey across the northern part of italy from the border of milan without exclaiming at the fertility of the soil every inch of ground is productive and the climate is much warmer than on the other side of the mountains at noon on the twenty seventh we reached verona again our progress was halted by our enthusiastic allies who showered us with little italian flags and handkerchiefs while their bands played our national anthem over and over of course this was popular with us as it gave us an opportunity of standing at attention and saluting once more we started and our next and final stop was villafranca here amid great enthusiasm we detrained the american red cross surprised us with hot coffee and doughnuts and never was a lunch more appreciated while we ate american aviators flew above us doing amazing stunts we eventually collected all of the headquarters property put it on a truck and set out for soma campagna later called summer complaint in less than half an hour we came into this little town which was to be the home of regimental headquarters headquarters company and the first battalion the second battalion and field hospital number three thirty one were located at historic custoso the third battalion remained at villafranca with the supply company the three thirty first field hospital had been attached to the regiment when we left france the machine gun company was alone at villa cantini our driver took us through the walled cities of the town and set us down before the doors 
of the villa of one thousand and one roses not knowing where our quarters were to be we made our bunks on the floor right there we became acquainted with the italian mosquito and of all the mosquitoes we have met he is the most voracious and insistent cusses and slaps were heard throughout the night at every move of the regiment new orders governing the actions of the troops are issued so for a long time we were quite busy getting these out not too busy however to explore our villa it was the property of an italian countess widow of an italian general the building of white stone had a balcony in front from which the countess often looked down at the curious americanos at the south end there was a large room very likely a conservatory the walls of which were covered with what were at one time beautiful paintings this was the office of the sergeant's major at the other end of the building the colonel and adjutant had their desks in front of the building the road divided forming a round plot of grass on which were shrubbery flowers and palm trees to the left was a thicket of bamboo trees to the right were majestic palms immediately before our entrance was a grape arbor which in the hot weather was very enticing the rear however was most attractive passing across the court shut in on three sides by the villa the garage and the servants quarters one came to a grove of cool hanging trees winding paths bordered by the hedgerows led through this grove to the edge of a steep hill here a small balcony of stone had been built and one could see directly below the white road twining its serpentine course among green trees past little red roof village houses presided over by the eternal campanile of the village church while we sweltered in the sun amid these tropical surroundings the mountain tops visible across the valley were snow-capped some campagna is quite small when one walked through the streets there was a feeling as being walled in the church the municipio the vino shops and the houses were made of stone and walls of masonry extended around the boundaries of each person's property five minutes walk took one into the country and the country meant the open fields for in italy the farmers live in the towns and go out to work their farms possibly we had come to italy to cement national relations to put out any lingering fire of love the northern italians had for the germans to show italy that america was at her side nevertheless as in france when assembly sounded in the early morning doughboys gun in hand poured from barns cellars and houses for the daily work on the hottest days drills were ordered and borne but when evening came the tension was relaxed and until ten thirty the boys had good times in this section of italy there are many irrigation ditches fed by mountain streams so that the farms are very productive these streams and ditches were very popular as swimming places after a hot day's drill and along the banks could be seen many future husbands drilling themselves in the art of laundering then there were the new vinos wines and cognacs of italy to be tried and many pleasant evenings were spent in dingy little shops we would not think of entering at home others musically inclined struck up an acquaintance with the owner of a piano and thus amused themselves with the good old american tunes 
the italians generally liked american ragtime we were made welcome everywhere and in turn thought highly of our hosts some of us were fortunate enough to secure rooms with beds and we felt as if we were going to like the war in italy owing to mosquitoes we found use for the mosquito nets issued by the quartermaster for we persisted in sleeping with the windows open despite our landlady who insisted on closing them the natives closed their windows at night and sprinkle water upon the floor the kitchen of this house contained a stone fireplace with a large copper pot hung on a tripod in this vessel almost everything was cooked over a fire made of twigs near the fireplace hung a pair of copper pails in which the women carried drinking water these pails are fastened in the ends of a wooden device which fits over the shoulders and it was a common sight to see the women carrying them up the street while their wooden shoes clattered on the pavement in italy there is a great devotion to the madonna as is evident from the many shrines along the roads an incident in this connection is worth recording illustrating how this faith and devotion is inculcated in the children from birth the baby of the house stumbled fell upon the floor and cried her elder sister about fourteen quickly picked up a statue of the madonna and held it toward the infant the latter's face lighted as she grasped the statue and the cries abruptly ceased as she pressed the statue to her lips while at summa compagna two important personages visited us one the king of italy who reviewed the regiment august first and complimented it highly on its marching and bearing the other the prince of wales who lunched with the colonel at this town we became acquainted with the italian oxen and donkeys it was an extraordinary sight to see a team consisting of an ox and a very small donkey drawing a cart our meals here were very poor least in our company this question is largely up to the mess sergeant and cooks but often if the officers gave more attention to the meals they would be better it was said our beef was killed one day and served the next so that it was too fresh to eat and accordingly many claimed it caused illness the handshaking policy seemed to have taken possession of everyone upon entering italy and in line with this one half of the regiment was given passes and truck rides to verona every sunday verona is about an hour's ride from soma campagna one has many thoughts on entering a famous old italian city here is verona old before the discovery of america within whose walls great dante lived and saw his beatrice which event gave to the world one of its sublimest poems the divine comedy here is the tomb of romeo and juliet who have been made immortal by shakespeare here is the old arena built under diocletian in two ninety a d here is the tomb of the scaglieri here is the church of st anastasia built in twelve sixty one how we wandered through this ancient city amid strange yet somehow familiar scenes how we wished we had studied our history and literature more diligently when in school how we longed to speak the italian language so that we might ask about this palace that statue this old church that curious inscription there is much to see and to learn in old verona as many treasures of the past 
so fondly preserved have not materially stopped the progress of this age for the stores of its narrow business street broadway we called it through which no horse or automobile passes showed all the modern appliances to be found in the stores of the original broadway we were delightfully surprised while we were in verona a moving picture blatantly billed as the mysteries of new york was being shown we were not interested but we did live through one act of an insipid love play in another theatre the italian idea of love as depicted on the screen is too soft for the rough and ready american and italian movies were never popular with the boys our band sometimes came to verona to play the bandstand was in a small park within a stone's throw of the arena across the street were several restaurants to one of these we found our way and without trouble fell into the delightful italian habit of taking refreshment seated at a table placed out upon the spacious sidewalk we discovered near ice cream and were quite happy incidentally we learned that the signorinas of italy are very lovely and that they are not amateurs in dressing attractively those of the better class are always chaperoned in the evening there were many such in company of father or father and mother and their deportment and beauty caused hearts to beat while thoughts of her in far-off america rushed to mind during a field meet held at verona an american broke the world's record throwing the hand grenade thus in work and play the days passed we loved italy at this time it had been impressed upon us that we had been chosen from the entire a e f to represent american soldiery and that upon our actions americans would be judged the boys strove hard to maintain the standard about the middle of august our colonel began to think that fates and reviews better fitted a conquering army than a regiment so lately civilians he felt that time life with the regiment in four different villages was not good for discipline and to the utter astonishment and objection of the italians civilian and military we moved on the fourteenth of august to a field near Vallejo. End of section 3